we inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core. The phone number to call is 888-589-8840. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. Thrilled to be with you today. Uh, and actually, uh, we're uh, you know we're, we're typically Tuesday Thursdays I'm hosting and Walker's hosting on Monday Wednesday Friday, but we're kind of mixing it up this week and mix it up next week. We just want to keep you guessing, you know, make your program even more fun. It's kind of a grab bag of hosts uh, here on AFA at the core between Walker and me lately. But anyway, appreciate you being with us. Would love to hear from you today at eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero. We had a really fun program yesterday. Had some interesting phone calls. Of course, the you know the Trump thing just. I started to say it brings out the best, but actually I think it brings out the worst in a lot of people because it really polarizes. And when you've got the, you know, the, the, the FBI, the federal government, weaponizing our law enforcement agencies against political enemies, that's, of course, going to cause people to have conflict. Now, let's not forget, folks, that that is the Marxist plan. That is cultural Marxism at its core. It must divide the people to conquer them. Okay, so they, they, they want us to be at each other's throats. They want us to be disagreeing on masks and on vaccines and on who's above the law and not above the law and all of these things. So that, that just got to keep that in mind. Got to keep the whole thing in perspective as we discuss these things. And, of course, we're always going to hit them head on, and we're always going to look at things from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. And this uh, this raid by the FBI this week uh, is, 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 as I said yesterday, going to be a turning point in the culture. That will be a day that lives in infamy because it will awaken and has awakened millions of Americans to realize, wait a minute, what is going on here? Well, it, it continued yesterday that the chairman of the Freedom Caucus, Scott Perry, of Pennsylvania. And if you're not familiar with what the Freedom Caucus is, it's basically the conservative group in Congress. There, there's actually a Freedom Caucus in most states, as well, not most states, some states. I know we have one here in Texas, but there's, you know, it's essentially a coalition. Uh, you have all kinds of caucuses and coalitions in Congress and state legislatures. And basically, the purpose of them is for a group of members that may not have the majority in that House or Senate or whatever it might be. To be able to work together to on legislation, to work together to kill bad bills, you know, essentially just team up and make sure you're on the same page and 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 you know, uh, we need fellowship. You, you, it helps encourage each other. It's a kind of an iron sharpening iron thing, as well. Well, the Freedom Caucus in Washington D.C. Uh, guys like Jim Jordan, you would recognize. You know, some of some of the uh, congressmen that you do see in in major media that kind of lead the conservative narrative. Some of them you may not be as familiar with. Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, a little bit uh, not out there quite as much, but he's the chairman of the caucus right now. They rotated, I think, every session. At any rate, they actually the FBI raided him personally yesterday. They took his phone. They gave him show up three FBI agents surround him, give him a subpoena. I mean, I'm sorry, a search warrant and take his phone. Now, you might say, ah, big deal. You know, what did he, he probably did something wrong too. Nobody's above the law. Folks, think about what is on your phone. Your phone today is your entire life organized. It's all of your private communication with your family, with your friends, perhaps with your attorney. It's, it's all of your dreams, your contacts, your notes, your everything. And, and they did the same thing 
a couple of months ago, or I guess it was about a month ago, to one of Donald Trump's attorneys. Uh, it's just unbelievable what they're willing to do. And it is all based on this false narrative, completely false narrative, that there was some kind of coordinated effort to overthrow the government. That is a lie, absolute lie from the beginning. On January 6th, that afternoon, I was on television talking about what a sad day this is going to be because a few crazies, a couple of hundred crazies maybe, but not hundreds of thousands of crazies, went too far. And, and because they were violent and because they broke things, while everybody else was there just to, to, to basically have their voice heard and to, to rally behind their president to demand that the Constitution would be followed, but because a few hundred people out of 340 million people got out of hand uh, and, and basically had a really bad party, they have created a narrative that Donald Trump and his cronies had a plan to overthrow the government. They're actually trying to go after Clarence Thomas's wife over this because she was texting with Mark Meadows talking about what could and should be done under the 12th Amendment and under the historical counting of, of, uh, of electors. And, and I, in fact, I've got tweets with, uh, with, with Congressman Barry Loudermilk that they were, uh, not tweets, I'm sorry, uh, texts with, with uh, Congressman Barry Loudermilk, who they claimed, was, <laughs> who they claimed was, was casing out the Capitol, was doing a tour to case out the Capitol for an insurrection to take over. I, does anybody actually believe this? Or are we, are we all just listening to this and acknowledging this is a, a, a political witch hunt to stop the opposition from being able to regain the majority in Washington, D.C. and regain the White House. Because that's all it is. I mean, they have made this thing up. They've overblown to the extent uh, that the Constitution has been thrown out the window, due process has been thrown out the window, and now we're not only raiding with the FBI, the President of the United States House, but we're taking and, 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 and uh, absconding the phones of the President's lawyers, of, of members of Congress, folks. Members of This is... A very dangerous, dangerous precedent. Now, again, hey, I I said it yesterday. I could be 100% wrong. There may be dead bodies buried at Mar-a-Lago. There may be uh, maybe this congressman from Pennsylvania has been involved in some massive crime ring. Perhaps uh, perhaps he's involved in a in a cocaine and, and prostitution uh, ring that is um, uh, making millions and millions of dollars from China and Ukraine and foreign nations trading on President Trump's name. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. That's oh, uh, sorry. I got confused. That's actually the other group. That's the that's the Biden family that's been doing that. But yet no raid, yet no arrest, yet no nothing happening uh, there. So we know. I mean, the evidence is right there. Everybody's seen it. The videos are out there for everyone to see that the president of the United States son broke. I don't know how many laws and filmed it and shared it with everybody. And that the president of the United States allowed for his son to benefit to the tunes of millions and millions of dollars trading on his name. Yet that's not a problem. The FBI's got no issue with that, I guess. They supposedly are investigating, but we've yet to see anything come of that. Okay, so all of that to say, it's going to get worse. Now, I know, Rick, come on, be positive. You know, be encouraging. It's going to get worse. Let me be Liam Neeson once again from the movie Taken. You're going to be taken. You're going to be taken. But here's the good news. We will find you. <laughs> the patriots of this country, the Constitution-loving, the Bible-loving, the biblical worldview-loving folks, well outnumber the others, and we have awakened. We're no longer sitting on the sidelines just letting these communists take over our nation. 
We're engaged at the school boards. We're engaged at the city councils. We're engaged at the county commissioners. We're engaged at the state legislatures. We're engaged in the congressional races across the country. And you bet we're going to be engaged in the next presidential race as well. So we're essentially doing a Winston Churchill. You remember when he said, I'll fight them in the streets. I'll, we will fight them in the streets. We will fight them in the beaches. That's what we've got to do, folks. You've got to decide where you're going to be engaged and defend liberty and defend the Constitution because the Constitution, it has been set aside. We're living under the Constitution. We're living under whichever DA gets elected. And if Soros funded them and got them elected, they're not even going to prosecute most crimes in that county. So it is a mess out there, folks. But here's the good news. The principles of liberty do not change. The laws of nature and nature's God do not change. And so if we will come back to the biblical principles that God gave us, we can once again have the benefit of those principles. We can once again be a great nation. We can once again have blind justice, equal justice. We can have an education system and all of these things that we can be proud of instead of what we have right now, which is absolutely a nation in decline. And and we're essentially at the crossroads because we're at the 250-year mark that most great nations fall apart. We're at that point historically where it all falls apart. And so we've got to ask ourselves a question. We've broken the mold every step of the way up till now. Can we do it again? We have done things that no nation has ever done in history. That's why it's called American exceptionalism. It's the exception to the rule. And the question is, can we do it again? I say yes. I absolutely believe we can because I'm seeing it in pockets across the country. I'm seeing people wake up, get involved. I'm seeing churches get involved, take over school boards and city councils. I mean, literally sweeping elections because they did their job. They were salt and light. They actually spoke truth to the culture, spoke truth to the congregation, and encouraged the congregation to go out and live out those biblical principles. You can do the same thing in your community right there where you are. Now, we don't normally go to the phones in the first segment, but we got a special guest coming in on the next segment and may not be able to get, to get to calls then, so I'd be glad to take some calls now. If you would like to be a part of the program today, the phone number is 888-589-8840, and Pam is calling from Texas. Pam, thanks for calling in today. What part of Texas are you calling from? East Texas, from the East Texas area. All right. Well, well, when you say East Texas, can you tell me a city? I love East Texas. I'm in Tyler. <laughs> yeah, and... It's Tyler. I'm, I'm calling from Tyler, Texas. Oh, well, I was Texas. just. Yes. All right, man. I've done a ton of events <laughs> in Tyler. Actually, actually, Pam, I filmed my first Constitution class right there in Tyler. Very oh, first wow. Constitution class. That's yeah. Cool. We, we Before I filmed it in Independence Hall, filmed it right there in Tyler, Texas. Okay. Didn't mean to derail you there. Go ahead, Pam. What's your comment or question today? Well, you know, you were talking about January the 6th, you know, just a while ago. But, you know, I firmly believe that those people that did all that rioting, to me, those were not Trump supporters. You know, you watch Trump on TV and you see his supporters. They are, they're not rioters. They're, they're calm and they're cheering. They're positive people. But to me, January the 6th, I know that Trump supporters went inside the Capitol and shouldn't, but they were waved in by the police, the Capitol police. But to me, those people that were violent, to me, that needs to be investigated because those were not Trump supporters that were up there tearing stuff up. And even Black Lives Matter was, you know, inside there because he took the picture of the guy holding the gun. You You see his arm that shot Ashley Babbitt. But, you know, he's running loose. Yeah. You know, he's not no. in prison. Exactly. No. And, and he was instigating, too. If you watch all that film, he's encouraging people to go into the Capitol, break into the Capitol, to, to do all those things. Now, Pam, you're right. It's almost like, you know, Tale of Two Cities. It was Tale of Two Capitals. You know, it was almost like you had the violent group on one side of the Capitol and then the other group that was literally waved in. I mean, the videos, you can hardly find them anymore, but I watched them. 
and and people were waved in. They were they went through the rotunda, had basically a tour of the Capitol. They were not being violent at all, but no question, some people were violent, and those people should be prosecuted for being violent. And and you nailed it. I mean, the Donald Trump supporters were the ones singing hymns. They're the ones over there praising God and thanking God for America and for freedom and singing patriotic hymns. Hundreds of thousands, maybe a million, that came in from all over the country simply to rally behind Donald Trump, to rally behind the Constitution and and, and to say, hey, Congress, do your job. You have the right absolute constitutional responsibility to make sure that you're counting the right electors, to make sure that there wasn't fraud. And if there was fraud, then reject those electors. And there's nothing unconstitutional about that. It's actually constitutional to do so. Thomas Jefferson did it. Richard Nixon did it uh, as as VP um, um, individually. And then other uh, congresses have have uh, investigated electors. We had we had sometimes we had electors. Some states sent in three sets of electors back in the 1800s. We've had all kinds of presidential conflict, a presidential election conflict in the past. So this was nothing new. What was new was that people refused to follow the Constitution, and then you had them create this Rostock fire, and I'm referring to the Rostock fire in 1930s Germany that Hitler used and the, and the Nazi use, Nazis used to create the police state, to, to, to blame their political opponents and then go after them with a vengeance. That's essentially what has been happening since January 6th. That, they used that as their Rostock fire to weaponize the American law enforcement system against a political group, conservatives, constitutionalists, Bible-believing folks. They have been after those kind of folks with a vengeance. Uh, I encourage you to watch. There's a there's a movie called Capital Punishment that Nick Searcy, actor from uh, from Hollywood, put together. And it's, it's funny in parts just to keep you from getting so righteously angry. Uh, but it, he interviews a lot of these folks that, that were, you know, the flashbangs thrown at them and or shot at them and, and arrested in the middle of the night. People that didn't even go into the Capitol. I mean, it's been an absolute disaster, but for a reason. It's designed to divide us. It's designed to rile you up, hopefully get a violent response from you. We are not going to do that. We are going to have a revolution with ballots, not bullets. We're going to strengthen our election system. We're going to make sure that we have transparency and verification and legal remedies when people cheat. And we're going to once again have this 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 system that we can count on that we can trust it's going to take time it's going to take a long time it's going to get ugly before it gets better you got to stay in there folks you got to stay in there and you got to have a good biblical foundation for how you act in this it's like my friend pastor jim garlow told me you know if you're going to do civil disobedience or any of those things make sure your heart is right let's make sure our heart is right and then let's stand firm for truth and as ephesians says having done all to stand going to take a quick break you can call in if you like 888-589-8840 you're listening to afa at the core For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Buzz Aldrin is the famed astronaut who planted the American flag on the moon and explored it for some 21 hours. What many don't know, however, is what Mr. Aldrin did to commemorate the moon landing. Aldrin, a committed Christian and elder in his local church, marked the incredible occasion by celebrating Holy Communion. The first meal ever eaten on the moon was a celebration of the Lord's table, a lunar declaration that Jesus Christ is Lord, Savior, and soon-coming King. That is pretty cool. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. The autumn season brings with it vibrant warm colors, a crisp chill in the air, and all the cozy holidays that inspire bringing your loved ones close. It's also a great time to pass down family traditions to your girl. Whether it's your great-grandmother's pie recipe or singing songs around a campfire from your own scouting days, this season offers a wealth of opportunities to teach your girl her own family history. Knowing where she came from gives roots to her strength and gratitude for the blessings God has given her. Give your girl a strong why behind how she sees herself by passing down or creating a family legacy. This will build her foundation of identity, sense of family connection, and anticipation for God to hold her close in the holidays. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Telling Bibleists, persecuted believers, no, that's one of the hardest things we do at Bible League. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth, and I want to give you an update on our campaign, Stand With Them. You know, Paul wrote, the persecuted, they may be persecuted, but they're not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. You know, for weeks we've been telling you about Christians who are praying for Bibles in order to endure and persevere. Ahmad is in Malaysia. He's a civil engineer, was beaten. When he came to Christ, he's praying for a Bible. Adesh is in Nepal. He's a tour guide near the Himalayan mountains. He was beaten, but he's praying for a Bible in the Nepalese language. And then Einar is in Zimbabwe. She's a widowed mother of three. Her husband was killed by the Boko Haram regime. She's not praying for an end to her suffering. She's praying for a Bible. We're in the final few days of this effort to send God's word to 16,000 Bibleless persecuted believers. We're short of this goal and we need to wrap up in the coming days. So at $5 a Bible, $100 since 20, will you call 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD. Or give at sendbiblesnow.org. Sendbiblesnow.org. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. The phone number to call 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. Thanks for staying with us today. If you'd like to call in, We'll get to those phone calls in just a little while. In the meantime, we've actually got a special guest with us today on the line now and going to be sharing a little bit about what happened in Buffalo. You know, on June 7th, we saw this happen. Uh, This was, uh, you know, well after we knew that Roe v. Wade was was to be overturned. There was a lot of attacks across the country against pregnancy centers, and one of the worst ones was in Buffalo, New York, where the medical office there, for, for there's a pro-life. If you're not familiar with pregnancy centers, you need to be supporting one in your community. But the medical office of a pro-life pregnancy center there called Com- Compass Care was firebombed. Yes, that's in the United States, folks, as this kind of thing is happening. Firebombed. So this radical abortion group is a terrorist group called Jane's Revenge, that comes from Jane Rowe, the, the plaintiff who actually ended up being pro-life uh, later on, met with her in my legislative office 20 years ago. Anyway, Jane's revenge took responsibility for this thing. No no arrest made. Uh, anyway, it's been 52 days of this, and just now, just last week, the facility was opened back up to serve patients, and, and uh, we're blessed today to have Reverend Jim Harden. He's the CEO there to talk about the reopening, how the pregnancy centers are so important in the world of a post Roe v. Wade and how they have been uh, competing head on with the abortion industry, not since Roe v. Wade was overturned, but literally since 1973. Reverend Harden, thanks so much for joining us today. Rick, thanks for having me. It's an honor to be with you. Well, thanks for what you do as well. You know, I think the the pregnancy centers are the unsung heroes. You know, legislators often get the credit for passing a pro-life bill and 
and are overturning something. But, man, you guys are, are in the trenches day in and day out, saving lives, meeting the needs of families. Um, you know, we're my wife and I enjoy supporting our pregnancy centers close by where we live, and uh, we're just big fans. We think you guys are the heroes. So not only thanks for getting back in the fight despite this uh, horrible attack on your center there, but thanks for what you guys have been doing for years. Oh, it's, it's really an honor, and really it's an extension of the Church. The work of these pro-life pregnancy centers is really the hands and feet of Christ manifesting right. themselves. It's yeah. amazing to watch. It's amazing to be part of. And uh, we saw, I got a chance to have front row seats on the fighting spirit of the people of God in Buffalo. I mean, we, we were firebombed, as you just described. Catastrophic damage, over about a million do- half a million dollars worth of damage, okay? And uh, we had to shut down the entire place. But... The very next day, we had three offers to relocate services temporarily while we got another facility up and running. Three offers. Wow. And we were up and running that very next day in an alternate location. And in 52 days, we were able to, to we were able to rebuild the entire facility. And now we're in the process of expanding ahead of this influx of, of, of patients from conservative states seeking abortions in New York. That's a that's actually a very interesting topic right there. Can we can we run down that rabbit hole real quick? I, I I'm curious what the impact is because New York, of course, will probably become more pro-abortion than it was uh, under Roe v. Wade. Whatever limitations were there with Roe v. Wade, New York will have none. Uh, I'm expecting from from their liberal uh, legislature and, and and governors, and then conservative states that do end abortion are gonna people will be coming to New York. How do you? engage there? How do you try to prevent that, that abortion and, and meet the needs of that person? Yeah, well, as you just described, I mean, you're, you're, you're right. When Roe versus Wade was reversed, it did not make abortion illegal. It simply concentrated it into abortion hub states. So we estimate there's going to be 26 or more states that are going to either make it illegal or severely restrict it so that it's virtually um, impossible to receive one. What, and so what happens is, and what's happening now, is abortion tourism has begun. And we've got governors like New York Governor Hochul, California Governor Newsom, who are basically saying we're going to use tax dollars and pay for travel expenses for women traveling from conservative states to places like New York to get their abortions. And they're going to pay for the abortions, too. Wow. And companies, too, right? I mean, a lot of big, big uh, companies have offered to do that for their employees, which to me seems gross, right? We we want you to go get the abortion so you can be back in your cubicle tomorrow and not having a baby. I mean, to me, that's just evil. But but go ahead. It's companies and government doing this it's evil you're right it's evil and they're and they're going to face some serious legal challenges i think they made a a serious misstep with that one because uh trying to keep women from having babies so that they can keep making money off 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 of them is is uh is heinous but anyway you're right uh so the the abortion industry has has had to change basically it would be similar to what would happen if the ford motor company was told by the government you can no longer have dealerships in 26 states tomorrow well that would totally alter, that would be an existential threat to their corporation. <clears throat> Same thing with the abortion industry. They now have to figure out a way to get women to travel or send them the dangerous chemical abortion drugs to them in the mail, which is what they're doing now. Um, so they're shifting to what we're calling teleabortion, teleabortionists. And they're saying there's over half of all abortions right now are chemical abortions. And they're uh, 400% more dangerous than surgical. A woman is five times more likely to land in the emergency room after starting a chemical abortion process, and yet they're being touted as safer than Tylenol. It's consumer fraud. And our job as pregnancy centers is to reach and serve these women before they travel uh, to these abortion hub states and before they go uh, online and get the lethal abortion drugs sent to them in the mail. 
and we can, and that's what we're doing. We're actually able now with our global telehealth partners to give away these 21st century tools to these 650 pregnancy centers across the country uh, and compete head on for the first time since since 1973 with this billion-dollar abortion complex. And I think that's why they're scared, and I think that's why they're getting violent. I hadn't even thought about the the whole you know t- teleabortion industry now that's that's going to uh, you know grow and expand and how you guys can can combat that. So to walk me through that a little bit, what what will you guys be doing on that? Yeah, so we're trying to reduce the the, the time it takes for a woman to get access to a medical provider from 24 hours after the first positive home pregnancy test to 24 minutes or 24 wow. seconds. We want instantaneous access because that's what these women are expecting now, and uh, and and we're able to do that. Uh, we pregnancy centers across this country have more infrastructure now than the abortion industry. How, how, do you, how does that to, happen? Do you have to have, I guess, relationships with the with the medical uh, providers and others that might be doing the test, or how how do they find you? I'm I'm getting really basic here because I know some people have never dealt with pre- women's pregnancy center, and and I I don't know how the logistics work. Like, how, so how do you get to them so fast? Are they coming to you for the test, and that's when you can provide them with a response so quickly? No, they get the test. They get the pregnancy test themselves at home. Uh, they'll, they'll buy it at Dollar General or you know their local grocery store or whatever, and they'll take the, the first you know tests pregnancy tests at home and they'll that's where they that's where they're they go into fight or flight mode and they start then the first thing they do is they go online and they start asking questions like how much does an abortion cost and if we're not there to help her answer these critical questions that she calls uh. us or reaches us online we're going to miss the opportunity to help her give her to, look when a woman faces an unplanned pregnancy i've said this a million times but it's true when a woman faces an unplanned pregnancy she says i'm stuck i'm trapped i've got no other choice i need to have an abortion. That doesn't sound like empowerment to me. It doesn't sound like choice to me. It sounds like entrapment. It sounds like coercion. And our job as medical providers, as, as the church, is to, is to come alongside uh, these women and give her all the ethical medical care and comprehensive community support that she needs in order to see her way clear to having a baby, in order to, to be empowered to say no to abortion, because not a sane woman alive actually wants to have an abortion. She just feels trapped. And so yeah. it takes a lot of concerted effort, a lot of thought, a lot of energy and a lot of money, but we do it all for free, not a single dime from the federal or state government. So now now that it's clicking for me, I'm an, uh, sometimes I feel really old. I used to be like tech savvy. I, I mean, on the cutting edge of whatever was out. <laughs> what you're really saying is you're, you're fighting, you're having to be out there in the tech world. So when they do that search, that you have sources that come up for them in that search and they and you're able to connect with them digitally immediately. Yep. Immediately with, you know, like a Skype call or a Zoom call. You know how you experience those things? Yeah. Well, that it's similar, but it's all you know encrypted and, and medically you know sound, so that actually you can engage a nurse right there, right then, about your particular condition and about the risks, risks and side effects that may be particular to you relative to uh, abortion. And so we can actually get in there and say, "Hey, look, you got to come in. You've got to get you've got to get medical intervention here." There's three questions that everyone needs to get answered before she determines the outcome of her pregnancy. And the abortionist isn't going to do that. They just want to sell you a, an abortion. Number one, are you really pregnant? Is it possible to have a positive pregnancy test and not have a pregnancy that will naturally continue on its own? And the answer is yes, 25% of the time. Oddly, that's good news to her right now, right? Because she's in yeah. crisis. She doesn't know what to do. Sure. The second question is, hey, how far along are you? Is it important? So how far along a woman is in the pregnancy determines the type of abortion procedure that she's going she's gonna to be sold. And that, that determines risks, side effects. It determines costs. These things she doesn't know. And then the third thing is, is it important to know if I have an STD, a sexually transmitted disease? 
Because, for example, if a woman tests positive for chlamydia and she doesn't get treatment prior to an abortion procedure, she increases her risk of pelvic inflammatory disease by 25% within the first four weeks after the procedure. And that puts her entire reproductive health at risk. And she values her reproductive health. She just, you know, has, has trouble with this particular pregnancy. So all that stuff we can do, and she needs a medical intervention for that, and we can help her with that through telehealth. And that and that is coordinated with, I'm assuming you're working with other pregnancy centers around the country to, to, to have that kind of online presence. Exactly, yes. So we're, we're, we're alpha testing it right now throughout the state of New York, and because uh, New York is the abortion capital of the globe right now. Mm, and yeah. uh, we're going to be beta testing it with other pregnancy centers, key pregnancy centers in, in uh, abortion hub states like Massachusetts and Texas and Florida. Well, not Texas. I mean, Texas is a, it used to be, but um, thankfully they, the laws that you got down there are, are restrictive. Uh, regarding thank abortion, thank but, you, Senator yeah. Brian Hughes, my buddy from uh, – yeah, anyway, no, no, you're right. Texas, totally, mm-hmm. totally mm-hmm. flip. And Jim, can I just, I just want to brag on you guys in general because y- y'all came under major attack from Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, all these people, you know, pregnancy centers were bad, all this stuff. Listen, 2,700 pro life, this is from 2019. So this is three years ago. This is the d- latest data I've got. 2,700 pro life pregnancy centers across the nation served almost 2 million people in 2019 at an estimated value of $270 million, 732,000 pregnancy tests, 486,000 free ultrasounds, STD tests, nearly 1.3 million packs of diapers. Now, I think I went through 1.3 million packs of diapers with my four kids. It feels like it sometimes, but I don't think quite that many. Two million baby outfits. I mean, it's not just... It's not just, you know, they always blame us for, oh, you you only care about being pro-life until the baby's born. No. I mean, the, the amount of clothes and diapers and, and coaching, literally coming alongside these moms. And anyway, I just, you guys deserve so much thanks for saving so many lives and helping to create a culture of life, giving people in the church an opportunity to be engaged in these things. I could just go on and on and on, but I just, I just think people need to know this is the front line on the life battle. Yeah. It's legislative on some fronts, but this is the real front line. Yeah, this this is where true transformation takes place. Women are are being served. We're helping them have their babies. Um, they're oftentimes, they're hearing the gospel and coming to Christ. Things like that are just absolutely essential. And we're, we, you know, we're, we do this because of what we believe. We believe that all people are made in the image of God and deserving of blessing and protection from the womb to the tomb without partiality. Because, you know, the Bible describes the opposite of love in a couple of different ways, but one of them, it's not hate. The opposite of love is partiality. It's me playing God, getting to decide who qualifies for my favor and who doesn't, who qualifies as a person under the law and who doesn't, you know, who qualifies as three-fifths of a man and a whole man. I mean, these kinds of things are the foundation of systemic injustice, and there is no greater injustice that we've seen in the modern world than abortion. And the, the reversal of Roe versus Wade is now giving us an opportunity as Americans to start talking about what it really means to be human under God. And abortion represents a fundamental misunderstanding of that. So we're, we're, this is an extremely exciting moment, probably the most exciting moment in the history of the pro-life movement, and it is the probably the most critical cultural moment in 150 years. Amen. Amen. Well, i got to go back and ask you, and I don't want to end on this because I want to end on a positive. We'll come back to some positives. But what about the firebombing. I mean, has anybody been uh, prosecuted at all? I mean, has there, there been any any anything happened on that front? Uh, I, I wish I could say yes. There have been zero arrests. Um, you know, the uh, FBI director was grilled by um, Senate Judiciary Review Committee. I was in it last week, and they were asking him, "Well, how many how many arrests 
or, or, or claims have been made against against people who have attacked these praying centers. And he said, I'm not aware of that number right now. I'm like, how could he not be aware? How How is it that I am aware? The number is zero. Yeah. Okay, the zero. And 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 I, I, you're, I heard I heard your um, your discussion a few minutes ago. This is the pro-abortion crystal knocked. I said it. I said it on June seventh, and I still say it today. And, I'll, and no one has refuted me. By the way, no one in the mainstream media anywhere has refuted me. This is the pro-abortion crystal knock. This is where you know the the, the brown coats in 1938 when broke the the glass of Jewish-owned businesses in the middle of the night and lit fires. That's what happened to us. Yeah, and it's happening yep. all across this country. And there's two things that caused that to be the watershed moment that tipped violence into the Jewish community in Nazi Germany: a lack of public outcry. You don't hear about this in the mainstream media anywhere, and a refusal on the part of the political elite to denounce and criminalize this violence. We look. You just have to compare what happened to this Planned Parenthood in Michigan, and tell and tell me if there isn't some sort of of, of politicization of the of law enforcement going on. On July 31st, an attempted fire, uh, attempted arson on this Planned Parenthood happened, and they got somebody arrested within four days, facing 20 years in jail now. This has happened 45 times across the country to pro-life organizations. We're seeing on a mountain of evidence and not a single arrest. Not a single arrest. We're on day wow. 63. I can't, even get, I can't even get our private property back relative to the video surveillance. It took five weeks before the FBI would even look at the video surveillance. I mean, it's this is complete... something, something strange is going on. Yeah, it's a it's an absolute two tier justice system. You're treated differently based on your political beliefs uh, and your position on this issue of, of life. It is so obvious. It is right there in front of us. But like you said, when it's not reported and people don't know, in fact, I, I would argue, Jim, most people don't even know that your place was firebombed. They don't know that these things have happened across the country because, as you said, you know, the media is not reporting it, and it's and it's there's oh, I don't even want to think about all of the similarities to 1930s yeah. Germany, the Rostock fire, the Kristallnacht. I mean, it's it's just. History repeats itself, and we don't know these things, so then we allow it to happen on our watch. But we're not going to allow that to happen here at American Family Radio. No. That's why we're going to keep speaking truth. And, Jim, God bless you, man. Keep up the great work. How can folks come Thank alongside you. you? Website we can give them real quick as we go to break. Yeah, if they go to compasscarecommunity.com, and they can learn all about Compass. it. CompassCareCommunity.com Folks, that's a place you can help out And find your local pregnancy center Volunteer, donate things and money I mean, find a way to get engaged It literally saves lives It'll make You'll feel great about being a part of it But more importantly, more importantly you'll be doing As Jim said, the work of the church I mean, this is what we're supposed to be This is the hands and feet oh, I love it uh, Jim, God bless you, man Keep up the great work And thank you so much for coming on Thank you, Rick God bless you know, that should encourage you, folks. That should encourage you. to Look at how they bounced back. Look at how the community responded. Look at all of the lives that they are touching and impacting. What a blessing. We'll be back in a moment on AFA at the core. When you hear this... This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. A pregnant, homeless 18-year-old girl a 60-year-old woman worn from the weight of a tough life. A young woman in her 20s crying for the right to murder an unborn baby. It may sound like their lives are worlds apart, but they have more in common than you think. 
Rebecca Davis shares their stories in the article, Row No More. The ending will have you on your knees in prayer and in praise. Take time to read this article today. You'll be glad you did. Go to afa.net slash the stand. I was one of those girls who wanted to fit into the popular crowd, just like most teenagers. And I became an alcoholic and I got really depressed because of it. So I tried to commit suicide and I was put in the hospital. One of my friends from school started visiting with me at the hospital and she gave me a Truth For Youth Bible. She started talking to me about God's love and how much He could help me and how He was always there for me. And it just, it changed my life and I realized how much He really does love me and care for me. I haven't been the same since. This is Truth For Youth Bible Week and Revival Fires International is giving one free Truth For Youth Bible to every student between the ages of 13 and 18 who promises to pass it along to a friend this school year. To order a free Truth For Youth Bible, call 800-733-4737 between 8.30 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Central. That's 800-733-4737 or visit truthforyouth.com anytime. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. No doubt. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with health care costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 29 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. The phone number to call is 888-589-8840. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. Thankful for you joining us this afternoon and uh, super thankful for that last segment. I, I, I think it's important for us to recognize the hard work being done by these unsung heroes, and they don't care about getting credit. I mean, they, they just want to save lives. And so guys like Pastor Jim Harden and uh, all the other folks involved with Women's Pregnancy Centers out there, thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. And uh, let's all do something this week for them. You know, it, whether it's just getting jumping online for the local Women's Pregnancy Center and, and, and making a donation or dropping off some supplies or even just dropping by to say, hey, thanks for what you're doing and, and praying with them and, and letting them know how much you appreciate them. Just a just a great, great thing. Gives me hope. I got chills right now just thinking about uh, people doing that and, and, and being a part of that. Uh, a couple of quick items I wanted to hit uh, that I forgot to hit in the first segment, and then we'll jump on the, the phone calls. I mentioned yesterday I was going to cover the, the CPAC event last weekend. That's, that's the big gathering of conservatives. They do it twice a year, and they did a big one in Dallas, Texas, while we were doing our Patriot Academy. So I didn't get to go. I missed it, but it would have been fun. Anyway, they always take a poll. It's like the big Oh, bellwether. You know, this is a big measurement of, of, of what's the Republican nominee looking like right now uh, in the presidential races. And so the poll they took last weekend 
probably would be even a bigger spread after the FBI raid on, on President Trump's house. But uh, Donald Trump at 69% of those polled and Ron DeSantis at 24. So actually, that's pretty amazing that DeSantis is up, up that high. Ted Cruz at two, Pompeo at one, Nikki Haley at one, Rand Paul at one, Christy Nome at one. And I just have to point out my own governor, Greg Abbott, all the way down at the bottom at zero. That's right, zero. That's what happens when you cater to the mask and jab crowd and you will not stop these ridiculous emergency orders. Do you know that my governor in Texas, this is a Republican governor, has again declared an emergency for COVID? He cannot and will not let go of the power. However, I always do the good, the bad, and the ugly. So let's at least, you know, give him props and thanks for some good things he's doing, which is the busing of these migrants to New York and to Washington, D.C. It's it's somewhat hilarious, actually, because it's the left-wing politicians that are pushing for this open border and this disaster at the border. And I don't want to spend any time on this, but it's awful, folks. We're talking child rape. We're talking horrific things are happening because of the policies of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and, and, and the left-wingers. Well, you know, Greg Abbott could close the border if he would just use the Constitution as it's written. Article 1, Section 10 gives him the power to do that. He hasn't been willing to do that. He should. Carrie Lake's going to do it. She won that that primary in Arizona. She's going to be the, uh, the new governor of Arizona after November, and she will do it in Arizona, and that'll ultimately force Abbott to do it. He, he kind of has been like that. He, he's just finger to the wind, you know, follow whatever's popular. And clearly DeSantis is very popular for what he's been doing, so Abbott's been acting more and more like him. And actually, the busing migrants, uh, illegal aliens, let's use the right term, busing these illegal aliens that come across the border to these cities was Ron DeSantis's idea. So great idea, DeSantis. And thank you, Greg Abbott. I will thank you for this one. Thank you very much uh, for doing that, because that's putting the pressure on these left wingers and making them realize what we're dealing with a thousandfold in Texas and in Arizona and New Mexico. Uh, They did ask, by the way, if Trump did not run then who would you vote for? And in that case, Ron DeSantis at 65%, 65%. Nobody's even in the same realm. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. actually was polled there and got 8%. Ted Cruz got 6 Mike Mike Pompeo 5 Ben Carson 2 and uh, and I'll guess I should, you know, good, bad, and ugly. So Greg Abbott did get 1% in that poll, but 0% in the other one. So that's the one I'll emphasize. Okay, enough about that one. So the, the, the whole point of me bringing all that up is just to let you know the lay of the land where people are right now on that issue. Um, one one bad thing, good, bad, and the ugly. Let me give just one bad thing, and then we'll go to the uh, phones. If you think there's anything redeeming about Disney, they have taken away Walt Disney's speech celebrating America. Used to be given every day. 67 years it was delivered. Every day, but no more. He used to. They used to play... This recording of Walt Disney saying, To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland's your land. Here, age uh, relives fond memories of the past. Here, youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America with the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Nope. Too pro-American for these woke leftists that have taken over Disney, that are using Disney to groom your children. Enough is enough, folks. Don't spend another penny with them. There is nothing redeeming about Disneyland. Okay, last thing before I go to the phones. I know I said that would be the last thing. One more, one more thing. Just a quick history lesson on uh, on, on on what we're talking about when we uh, when we refer, refer to the Crystal Knock. It's actually it happened in in uh, 1938 in Germany, and 267 synagogues throughout Germany were destroyed. Rioters destroyed them. Seven thousand Jewish businesses were damaged 
are destroyed. 30,000 Jewish men were arrested and incarcerated in concentration camps. Uh, it was it was horrific. It was awful. And that's what uh, Reverend Jim was re- referring to. We need to know that history. You need to know what the Rostock fire is and how they, they use that to weaponize their law enforcement against their political enemies. All of those things repeating themselves right now in the United States of America. We're not going to end on a negative, though. I promise when we get to the close of the program, we're going to end on a positive. Let's go to the phones. Let's see our First caller of this segment is going to be Dana in Texas. So we already took a Texas call. Are we allowed to take two Texas calls in a row? I think so because, you know, Texas is God's country. So, of course, we will. Dana, where are you calling from in Texas? Hey, uh, I'm calling near uh, Waco, Texas. That's where I'm from. All right. And, well, thanks uh, for calling thank in. I, I appreciate that. And I do uh, want to, I do believe what you said that it will get worse before it gets better. And you also dropped Soros's name, and so I have two quick questions. My first one sure. is, you know, you have to follow the the money and the power trail on all this. We know that the root of all this is evil, of course, and we know that uh, that Satan uses these people that are deceived to create all this chaos. So my question, first question, is: Do you think that uh, George Soros can be ever stopped? Can his phone be confiscated? Can his um, a resident be uh, raided because um, you know even Hungary, the the place where he was born, won't even let him in. And um, so that's my first question. And my second question is, uh, I'm concerned that Christians are part of this problem throughout the decades because they don't get out and vote during elections. There's a lot of sects of Christianity that do not vote. Period. They're, they're uh, pacifists, and um, yeah. so uh, do you think the Christians are going to get out to vote, and do you think Christians are really taking to heart Second Chronicles 714? Because some of that we can look in the mirror for some of these problems. Amen. Amen. So good. Uh, so good, Dana. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the second one first, and hopefully I'll remember what the first one was and come back to Soros. But in terms of Christians, you know, absolutely. I mean, that's how do you end up with— non-biblical values taking over a nation that was founded on biblical values. The people with biblical values step out, and people that are secular and don't have biblical values take over. And that's exactly, it is that simple. We bought the lie of separation of church and state to be something that it was never intended to be. We stepped out of the process. People actually think, some people think they're being more Christian and following the Bible by not participating in their community. You can't show me a single scripture that backs that up. In fact, we're supposed to occupy until he returns. We're supposed to render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's. And we are Caesar in this nation. Romans 13, we're supposed to obey the government when it does good. And we are the government. So if we're not making sure government does good, we're not doing our duty. I couldn't agree with you more, Dana, in what you're saying. We're in the mess we're in because Christians and the church stepped out of the process and we were no longer salt and light. You're not going to have good flavor. The, the meat is not going to be preserved if the salt has lost its flavors. The salt is not there. And if the light is not there, the darkness takes over. And so when we do step in, those truths, as we said earlier, don't change. Laws of nature and nature's God don't change. Principles of liberty and biblical principles don't change. So the good news is the church can again be salt and light, but we have to do exactly what Dana was saying. We have to step up. We've got to be voting. We've got to be informed. That is part of our duty. It's not just a right. It's a duty and a responsibility. And when we do not do that, we end up with these radical, anti-biblical, secular leftists. This is not. This is no longer 
the Democrats and Republicans are both kind of, you know, somewhat biblical. I mean, I can give you quotes and Bible verses quoted from Democrats in the past, like FDR and Truman. I mean, Truman gave a whole speech on why we're a Christian nation. That was a Democrat president. That is not the situation anymore. You now have a radical difference in the two parties and in the two groups of people vying for power in our country. And one of those wants to restore biblical values to move forward into a place that's still free and allows people to make their own decisions but still has biblical values in the community. The other side wants to radically take over your life and force upon you this incredibly evil leftist agenda of, of forcing boys and men into girls' bathrooms, forcing your 15-year-old daughter to have to take a shower with a boy at her school, forcing um, all of these crazy agendas that they're all about, these drag queen striptease sex shows that they're allowing kids to go to. Uh, it is, it's an evil, evil agenda, and, 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 and we have to call it what it is. We have to face it head on and not be naive. So, Dana, fantastic call. You're 100% right. On the Soros thing, I don't know that I have a good answer for you on that because, yeah, I think there's definitely some things that um, you talk about an insurrection. You talk about undermining the country. This man has tried to radically change our country and move us away from being a constitutional republic and literally overthrow the nation for leftism. So I would love to see some creative prosecutors come up with ways to push back on that. I think there's a new right coming. You listen to Jesse Kelly and others. They talk about it. Uh, Jack Posobiec. Uh, I think there's a new um, conservatism that is going to be much more muscular and that is going to fight back and is not going to just you know try to hold ground, but is going to take ground back and, and no longer just cave into these folks. And frankly, that is biblical. Come on, folks. we got to read the whole Bible, not just parts and pieces you got to look at what the children of Israel went through and as we said there were you know when I said it's going to get worse before it gets better that's because I read my Bible and I see what happens to nations when they make the decisions like what we've made it gets worse before it gets better but thankfully we can again make good decisions put good leadership in place and turn this thing around let's try to get in another call before we close it out today we've got this is funny another texas call okay we're going to have an all texas callers day i love it uh, as a texan that's okay with me i think it's lisa in texas lisa go ahead hey <clears throat> can you hear me i can how you doing today what part of texas are you calling from i'm well i mean you're gonna ask that i'm in mckinney i'm your loyal wall builders podcast listener i called thank you ah oh, well thank you <laughs> and, and, that- and- yeah, thanks. Thanks. Go ahead. Oh, oh, it's my pleasure. I, I, I have a PhD in civics and history now because of you guys. <laughs> and before I get to my comments, just based on the interview you just did, I wanted to volunteer and I didn't know where to go. So I just emailed the preborn uh, organization. They sent me a list of every pregnancy center in the state of Texas. And they just now you, ju- you just did that right, right after the interview. So you just did it. <laughs> that's awesome so so how, how did you, where did you send that to what's that where where did you send that to i mean so you did that just now during the show no 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 i'm saying oh i'm, I'm just saying i'm sorry i i just it reminded me because of the interview you just did that's that's what that's if someone doesn't know where to go to find their local pregnancy center preborn has a list and they will help you in any state to, to find the place that's close to you. I just wanted to oh, give that little shout-out. And that's just preborn.org, right? Is there is there a website, preborn.org? I, I'm pretty sure, yes. I'm pretty sure. I just Googled preborn and went to their FAQs and contact information, and they got back to me a couple days later. And, yeah, so I'm I, I'm starting to volunteer next week. So That is great. Okay, so here's what you just did, Lisa. You just gave every person listening right now, 
has no excuse. You, <laughs> you just right. gave everyone listening all across the country a tool that they can find out who's local to them and immediately do something, either volunteer, donate financially or donate supplies, pray for them, go by and say hi and encourage them. There's something every single one of us can do. I love it. Lisa, that's a great way. I, thank you so much for calling and sharing that. Oh, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And my comment um, was back what you were discussing when people were talking about January 6th. And there's something that I've really never heard anyone discuss about that. And that was when the Capitol Police unlocked the doors and let everyone rush in, what was happening in Congress? Ted Cruz and his group were trying to constitutionally be able to come up with a way to challenge the electoral vote. When all of this mayhem happened, they just dissolved that, and nothing ever came of that. So who was it that really lost Ooh, on that's January good. 6th? That's no so one, good. No one seems to be talking about that. I saw that's the before I ever saw any evidence, that was the reason that I believed it was orchestrated, because it did exactly what the deep state or the left wanted it to do. It it just dissolved that entire process that, that Senator Cruz was putting together to try to come up with a constitutional way to challenge this. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, Lisa, you're spot on. You go back and you watch the videos. That's exactly what was happening. He was trying to have a at least some sort of investigation, delay just a couple of days or a week and at least take the time. They still had 14 days until the swearing in. Um, at least investigate and find out, was there fraud? Did we get the right electors? 100% a proper response for the Congress to do that. And that's what Ted Cruz was trying to do. But the you know, the, when they let him into the Capitol and, and, and all the chaos happened, that stopped that process. And then they, you know, came in and just, uh, you know, voted on everything and approved everything instead of questioning. That's a that's a really, really good point, Lisa. Thank you so much for calling in our all-Texas panel today. Well, I guess our, our pastor called in uh, from, from New York. One New York call balances out five Texans. That's the only way to only way to do it. Really appreciate you joining us today, folks. We are uh, so thankful for you to listening to American Family Radio and listening to AFA at the core. Walker Wildman, Walker Wildman will be with you the last two days of this week, and I'll be back with you next week. We sure appreciate you being a part of the program. You've been listening to AFA at the core. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.